Hello, and welcome to another episode of Pocket Loss. So today I'm doing an ultimate favorites list, as I've been pretty busy lately and haven't been able to watch a lot of things or read anything or do much of anything the past few weeks besides moving, working, and all that stuff. So what's new with me? Well, any single guys out there, I'm now on OkCupid. I haven't had any success with OKC in the past, uh, but I guess we'll just see. I don't really connect with a lot of people, and I have severe social anxiety, so that doesn't really help. If this podcast ever blows up and you see me on the street, don't be surprised if I don't act like how you think I should act. I don't really want to be famous. If my work gets famous, then great, Uh, as long as my face is not attached. So the move, I'm exchanging the rainy, depressing, yet beautiful Pacific Northwest for dry, hot Arizona. I've actually been to Arizona during the winter, and I've not experienced heat over 110 degrees, so I'm not really sure what to expect, but I've been inside since I've been here for the most part, so I haven't experienced how hot it is. There's a lot of reasons for the move, one of them being the housing market in Washington is really bad. Most of the houses in the area I live in are like half a million dollars, while in Arizona, it just depends on what city you live in. You can get a decent sized house from anywhere from 250000 to, you know, again, half a million. It just, just depends on the area and the house. And I would like to buy a house. You know, I'm at that age. I'm hoping I can save enough money in a year or two to get one, but I guess we'll see. I don't have a job lined up and I'm not sure how easy it is going to be to find work out here. So, you know... Not not a lot really going on right now. I know the jobs out here don't pay as well in Seattle, but living here is cheaper than Seattle, so I guess we'll see. I'm gonna let you in on a little secret though. I've actually always dreamed of living near the water. I don't know if I ever will. I, I imagine it'd be like one of those cute little fishing towns with docks, cute little shops, nice houses. It's probably never going to happen, but, you know, it's a little dream of mine. I hear Seaside, Oregon is kind of like my dream place, but I probably will never travel there, so I don't know. Oregon is cute, though. I've enjoyed the times I've spent in Portland. They have a lot of yummy food. If you're ever in Oregon, I recommend getting Burgerville, Cease the Bagel, and Salt and Straw. My favorite flavor at Salt and Straw, I have to say, is the Honey Lavender. It's delicious, so check it out. They do ship, so hey. It's expensive as fuck, though. Recommendations for Washington, since, you know, I've lived there for quite a while. Most of my adult life. I would say Bacon Breakfast Cafe is the best breakfast place in Snohomish County. If you're ever there, it's like north of Seattle and it's definitely worth it. It's a bit pricey, but it's like a bunch of home cooked food. The last time I talked to the owner, he said they plan on um, expanding and opening more restaurants, but it hasn't happened yet. So I guess we'll see, but they have some of the best crepes you can find. So if you're a fan of crepes, check them out. I'm also a fan of Alfie's Pizza, which doesn't have the best reviews, but I think maybe my 
liking it has to do with like all the happy memories I have of eating there. But um, enough about all this stuff, enough about all this food, let's talk about my ultimate favorite things. My favorite movie of all time is The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. It stars Ben Stiller and it came out in 2013. I actually got to see this movie when it was in theaters and it's one of the few movies I actually own. The movie doesn't have the best ratings. On Rotten Tomato, I think it only has 51%, which is surprising to me because I love it. The story is about Walter Mitty, who is a chronic daydreamer, which I can totally relate to. He works as a negative asset manager for the magazine Life, which is they are the people who process the photos for the magazine. He has a crush on this girl in his office. He creates a dating profile after finding out that she's on there, which is kind of creepy but you know whatever and throughout the movie you see him converse with one of the workers who uh, is on the dating site who's trying to help him the guy on the dating site tries to get him to boost his profile to make things more interesting and more appealing to other women on the site now things change for walter when his company gets taken over and is converted from a print magazine to an online magazine. A bunch of people lose their jobs. For their final issue, Walter is sent a photo from this famous photographer that is to be the cover. Unfortunately, the final photo is missing and Walter goes on a quest to find it. Playing detective, he discovers the various locations the photographer has been at. Thus, his journey begins. He travels all over the world in search of this photographer facing many dangers along the way, risking life and limb. I feel like this movie kind of tells people to get out there and live life, take risks, go after what you want, go on adventures, try new things. And as someone who doesn't do this very often, I find this movie has helped me to take more risks in life because I find it inspiring. And you know, even if things are difficult, you never really know how things are going to be unless you try. And I think this movie is just like absolutely amazing. I have the quote of this movie on a piece of art I did, which is, To see the world, things dangerous to come, to see behind walls, draw closer together, to find each other and to feel. That is the purpose of life. Now, on to Star Wars. My favorite Star Wars movie, I don't know if I'm going to get hate for this, but I love Rogue One. This is another movie I got to see in theaters. It's the prequel to the Star Wars A New Hope movie. It came out in 2016. It's the fourth highest earning Star Wars movie. Rogue One is the story of a group of people getting the Death Star schematics to Princess Leia. The movie has a great cast of characters such as Jin, a woman who after losing her parents to the Empire, joins the rebels, though it, it's there's like a lot of time in between that. Cassin Andor, I don't know if I'm saying that right, I'm sorry, who's a rebel captain who helps Jin along her journey. And I'm gonna mispronounce a lot of names, so I'm I'm really sorry. I have seen this movie multiple times, but I cannot remember how to say everybody's name because I suck. So, Chirut Imwe, 
who's like this blind monk that still believes in the power of the Force. Baz Malbus, Chirrut's friend who battles alongside everyone. K2SO, a reprogrammed Imperial droid who has a great sense of humor. I really enjoyed his character. There are a lot of battles along the way, but the movie ends in tragedy and triumph. This is another movie that didn't have the best ratings. It on Rotten Tomato had an 84, which is like a B, but on other sites I saw that it was lower. I have seen this movie multiple times. Like I've seen it on an airplane, I've seen it in theaters, I've seen it at home on Disney Plus. I love it. I want to eventually get the tattoo of the quote, I am one with the force, the force is with me, which is hella nerdy, I'm sorry. Let's talk about action movies. Well, I'm going to talk about a series. I have to say John Wick is my favorite action series. I have seen the movies out of order. I saw the second one, then the first one. Then the third one. I fell in love with Keanu Reeves after seeing John Wick 2. He's like really hot. My number two celebrity crush. I know he's much older than me and we probably have nothing in common. But he seems really cool and nice. And you know the whole internet is in love with him too. So it's just, it's not just me. So the movie is about John Wick who is the baddest assassin there is. He recently lost his wife and he retired from doing all the assassin work to marry her. All he has left is a pet dog that his wife left him. Shit gets really fucked up when these monsters break into his home. They kill his dog and steal his car. He kind of breaks down after this. You know, he lost his wife, the dog she gave him, his car. He snaps and decides to get revenge on the people who did this. He goes on a killing spree, and then in John Wick 2, there's a contract taken out on him, and then he kills a bunch more people. There's like a $7 million reward on his head. After 2, he gets excommunicated. After John Wick 2, there's a third one, but I'm not going to spoil any of that. It's already been renewed for two more movies. There's a lot of action in it. It's pretty great. I would recommend you see it if you haven't seen it already because it's pretty badass. The uh, two movies that are coming out are being shot back to back. And you have to keep in mind that these movies span within a very short time. But Keanu ages uh, quite a bit because, you know, they're actually recording these movies much later. The movies are great. They have an 87% on Rotten Tomatoes. Check these out if you haven't already. Now from action to comedy, my favorite comedy. This is actually something I saw recently because it became available on streaming services. I saw it on Hulu. I think it's on Netflix right now, but I'm not sure. It's called Hot Rod. Came out in 2007 and stars Andy Samberg. Hot Rod is about a young man who grows up thinking his dad is like this amazing stunt dude. His stepfather ends up getting sick and to raise money for him to have like a transplant or surgery or something. I don't know. Rod, our main character, decides to perform this dangerous stunt of jumping over 15 school buses. Now, Rod is actually very shitty at doing stunts and fails a majority of the time. He's very awkward, 
childish despite being a young man I assume I, th- I think he's college age I don't really know him and his group of friends are pretty childish and they're all adults I think that's part of the joke he has a crush on this chick in this neighborhood but she has like this asshole boyfriend who's a big shot who's played by Will Arnett which does he only play assholes I don't know will rod succeed in his quest to jump over 15 buses probably not but you should go watch this to find out this has the very low score of 39 percent on rotten tomatoes but i think it's hilarious and totally worth watching Please don't hate me if you think this movie is stupid. Now, I'm not too big into romance. I often feel like romance movies are often unrealistic with the people in the movies being like perfect and the outcomes that happen with the relationships. They just seem like, well, would people really act like this? Would this really happen? You know, truth is reflected in fiction, but I don't really know. And I don't enjoy a lot of romance movies. Maybe because my love life is pretty much a failure, but oh well. I do have a favorite romance movie. It's La La Land. It's a romantic movie that combines a lot of music in it, and the music is actually pretty good. The story is about Mia, who is an aspiring actress. She meets jazz musician Sebastian. It's not love at first sight, but the two end up seeming to meet by fate, almost. They have a whirlwind romance, but sadly, it doesn't end in a happy ending, or at least not the way you think it would, which I enjoy, and I feel like this is a more realistic outcome to a movie. You know, they still accomplish things in their fields, which may be unrealistic, but it's still pretty good. This actually has a very high score of 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. So if you need a little romance, but are okay with not getting a happy ending, check this out. Now onto a family movie. One that's aimed at kids or okay for kids. I'm talking about Into the Spider-Verse. This movie came out in 2018 and it follows the story of Miles Morales who takes up the mantle of Spider-Man after the Spider-Man in his world dies and he gains the powers of a spider by getting bitten by a radioactive bug. This movie pulls in many other spider people from alternate realities, aka the Spider-Verse. The movie shows the strained bond between Miles and his father that improves throughout the movie. There is a bit of romance with Miles and Spider-Gwen. What I really like about this movie though is the art. I think it's absolutely amazing and you like that sort of thing just check it out for the art stay for the story it's great it's kind of like watching a comic book play out in front of you and i really recommend this and i had last i knew it was on a streaming service i think it was last on netflix it might be on something else now i don't know Let's go back in time and talk about the 80s. I haven't seen a lot of 80s movies and most of the ones I've seen have been quite bad. But I do have a favorite 
and that's Dead Poets Society. It came out near the end of the 80s, I think 89. It stars Robin Williams. I And this is a movie I actually saw in school, and I loved it very much. This movie won an Academy Award. The story revolves around a bunch of students at an all-boys school. There's a new English teacher because, you know, there are, any story revolving around a school has to have somebody new in it. But anyway, the teacher, he inspires the students to start writing poetry and to start restart this club called the Dead Poets Society. They soon adore their teacher and they all grow closer together. And it's a, it's a really great movie and I recommend checking it out. I can't imagine a lot of people having not seen this already since it's been out for so long, but I don't know. Moving on to the 90s, I have seen every Batman movie, and one of the Batman movies I loved from the 90s was Batman Forever. It came out in 1995 and stars Val Kilmer as Batman. Now, this is not the best Batman movie. It's not amazing. Some people would even say it's bad. It doesn't have the best reviews, but there's a reason I like it, because I enjoyed the character of the Riddler. He's one of my favorite Batman villains, and this is partially fueled by a crush I had on Jim Carrey when I was like five or six, which is gross. He was like in his 30s, and I I had a massive crush on him. I mean, come on. I, I, I guess I've always had a thing for older men. What can I say? Very weird, but whatever. In this movie, Batman and Robin must fight against the Riddler and Two-Face. Will they succeed against the two enemies? I mean, probably. It is a Batman movie, it is Hollywood, and it is the 90s. But check this out if you haven't seen it already. I'm not sure you'll like it, but you know, maybe maybe you will. Since we're talking about superheroes, what's my favorite superhero movie? And uh, I will have to say Avengers Endgame. I have seen this movie three times, twice in theaters, and the second time I watched it, I watched it when it came out on streaming services. I believe it's on Disney+. Plus. I ended up watching every Avengers movie and then watched Endgame at the end like a little marathon. This movie makes me laugh, it makes me cry, like so many times. It was an amazing ending to the Avengers as we know them now. This movie is the sequel to Avengers Infinity War. It follows up with what happened after Thanos wiped out half the population. We lost many people in Infinity War. Now a team consisting of the Hulk, Black Widow, Thor, Ant-Man, Captain America, etc, etc. And maybe, you know, I'm not mentioning everyone because there's there's still quite a few people left. But they go on an adventure back in time to retrieve all the Infinity Stones and undo what Thanos did. While still keeping the things that happened with everybody after everyone disappeared. I love this movie and I'll probably watch it many more times. I like to own this one eventually, even though I do have Disney Plus and can just watch it on there. You see the heroes we have come to look up to make many sacrifices. You get to see the epic moment Captain America picks up Thor's hammer. The movie is amazing and so satisfying. 10 out of 10. I love it so much. I do wonder how Captain America's decision at the end of 
the movie will affect future movies. I know there is going to be something with Doctor Strange next movie. I'm definitely looking forward to it. I know there's a bunch of Marvel shows to look forward to on Disney+. Plus. Speaking of Disney, what's my favorite old school Disney movie? Well, of course, being a 90s kid, I like a lot of the 90s Disney movies. Lion King, Mulan, Pocahontas. I have to say my pick will be for Mulan, even though I, I know it's getting a lot of hate right now. I, I don't think I thought much of it as a child. You see a seemingly ordinary girl become a badass warrior who saves all of China. What more could you want? There's even a bit of romance, which is typical of a Disney movie. Mulan was very tomboyish, which I could relate to. She was supposed to get married, but instead she goes off and joins a war. I think we all know the story of Mulan. She, uh, her father's supposed to go to the war, but she goes in his place because, you know, he's old and she's afraid he's going to die. She disguises herself as a man and joins an army where she trains to be a warrior to fight the Huns. The movie has a lot of iconic songs that's fun for adults and kids alike. Since we're talking about Disney, let's talk about Pixar. There are so many good Pixar movies, I feel like everything they make is just gold. This may surprise one, but my favorite Pixar movie is actually a pretty recent one. The movie is Onward. It came out in 2020 and I got to see it in theaters prior to everything being shut down because of COVID. It was kind of nice because it was like me, my friend, and like one other family in the theater at the time, which sucks for the movie, you know, people not going because of COVID, but it was still great to see it in theaters. The movie is currently available on Disney+, Plus, so you can watch it there if you haven't already. Disney Plus is only like $7.72, so it's definitely worth it. So the story is about two brothers who obtain a magical staff that their father left them along with a spell. Their father passed away a long time ago. Ian and Barley are the two brothers, by the way. Ian doesn't remember his father at all, and after testing out the staff, it's shown why Barley is this big geeky guy who likes to game and plays this game that's similar to D&D, doesn't have magical talent, Ian, who's the more realistic of the two, does. He casts a spell, which brings back his father's legs, but that's it. They have, I think, about 24 hours to complete the spell in order to talk to their father. So they go off on this grand adventure to try and get the gemstone they need to redo the spell. Ian has all these ideas of the things he wants to do when he meets his dad because he passed away so long ago. There's mystical creatures in this movie. It's a great story of brotherly love. It's amazing. I really recommend this movie if you want to watch something that'll scratch that fantasy itch or if you want to find something that will make you cry because it did make me cry. Another geeky thing, anime. I do like some anime, not a lot. I think a lot of it is pretty dumb, but let's talk about my favorite anime movie. 
This is a Studio Ghibli movie, and it's called Spirited Away. I was a pretty big weeb as a kid, and I bugged my parents to let me see this movie when it came out in theaters, and they allowed it. Even though they're not fans of anime, I loved this movie so much. The art, the story, just everything. It's my favorite Studio Ghibli movie. I, I did order it online, but somebody stole my package. Like, thanks, jerk. Have fun watching my favorite movie. So let's talk about this movie. It's about a girl named Chihiro who gets in, sent to a magical spirit world. It's like an amusement park. Her and her family stumble upon this restaurant filled with food and her parents just start chowing down. They get turned into pigs and this place is very strange. She ends up getting told by this mysterious boy to leave, but it's too late. She ends up being stuck there. The boy tells her to go to the bass house. Boiler man goes to he tells her to go to the boiler man who introduces her to this chick named Lynn. Lynn helps her talk to the witch who runs the bathhouse and gets her a job. Chihiro's name is then changed to Sun, and we learn that the boy is named Haku and he works for the witch. I don't remember at what point she learns his name, but anyway, Chihiro starts working at the bathhouse. Some like commotion happens. She goes on an adventure, meets a giant baby, falls in love, or whatever you would call it, at her age with Haku. And in the end, there's a happy ending. She gets to return home. I would recommend that you all watch this. And, you know, just stop what you're doing right now and go watch this movie. It's great. The dub is pretty good. This movie actually won an Academy Award and many other awards. It's definitely worth seeing even if you're not an anime fan. So that wraps up this episode. I'm breaking this episode into parts because there's just way too much content to talk about. This episode was just about movies. Next episode will be about everything else. You know, if I'm able to fit it into one episode. I just love so many things. If anyone was wondering, I did pass my exam I was talking about in the last episode. I am now a certified auditor. Sweet, right? Will that increase how many episodes there are? Maybe not. I found a lot of these episodes actually require a lot of research on my part and it takes time to write them. Then I have to set aside a day to record, then another day to edit, and editing can take anywhere from an hour to three hours depending on how much I fucked up my script. So it is what it is. I haven't been posting episodes recently, so I apologize if anyone was even waiting for them. Last few weeks I had to go physically into my office to work and I was just exhausted. Then this week I was doing a lot of moving, spending time with friends before I left the state. Now I'm in Arizona, not working, so I have a ton of free time. I'm hoping to try and record multiple episodes when I can, assuming I can get enough scripts written. I have a few corrections. I was reading one of my old scripts. I don't know if I may have uh, mistyped something and then 
said it with said it incorrectly. The show I mentioned I had typed out polar opposites is actually called solar opposites. So if I mess that up, I'm sorry. I'm not going to go back and listen to it because I hate the sound of my own voice. Like every time I edit an episode, I just want to kill myself. Another correction, Taika Waititi actually has two kids. I was aware of this, however, his ex has a child from a previous relationship, so I assumed he helped her with it. I don't know, he could be a huge asshole and didn't give two shits about the other kids. I don't know him. The problem with doing an episode on someone like him is that there's not a lot of information out there on, um, on someone like that. The best time to get a biography on somebody is when they die or when they're at their most famous. So I can, I guess I can always revisit that. And I apologize for not getting episodes out consistently. I will try harder with everything calming down now. I should be able to. If you have any questions or want to share your ultimate favorites, please email pocketlastpodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Take care, everyone.